Doomsday finally came for the Jets. After an 0-13 start to the season, Gang Green somehow beat the Rams in the biggest upset of the NFL season. In the process, they lost quarterback Trevor Lawrence, at least for now. We break down an improbable Jets win and the murky future at quarterback after falling to the second pick as former Jets safety Eric Coleman will join us. All that and more next on It Was a Nice Knowing You Trevor Lawrence edition of Gangs All Here from the New York Post. You play to win the game. Welcome back into Gangs All Here, our Jets podcast from the New York Post. Jake Brown and Brian Costello at Jake Brown Radio at Brian Cos. Eric Coleman, former Jets safety, is going to join us later in the show. But enough exchanging pleasantries. Let's get right into it. The Jets, oh man. I mean, what do you even say at this point? This team came in 0-13 to their game against the Rams. 17.5 point underdogs. And they're up... 13 to 3 at the half. They're winning 23-20. You're you're saying to yourself, the Rams, they're coming back. Here they come. There's no way the Jets finish this off. The Jets get a fourth down stop. And then who closes the game? No one but Frank Gore, who has done nothing all season, who shouldn't be playing, but only is because P Ryan was hurt. He catches his only catch of the game, a six-yard reception. On third down to see the deal. I mean, you can't make it up with this team. And listen, I'll preface this by saying this. Of course, the players want to win. A lot of these guys might not be on rosters next year. They're fighting for their lives. They want to put tape out there. Coaches are coaching to win the game. So a lot of the blame does go to the Rams for this. And the Jets losing out on Trevor Lawrence and fall to the number two pick. The Rams just suck, cause, But they just didn't look like they were ready to play this game. And they did not take the Jets seriously. So... Props to the Jets for, you know, playing their best game and and not props to the Rams for playing like garbage, but it's the same old Jets. In a lost season, Kaz, where this team is now 1-13, one win makes zero difference. I don't want to hear from the people saying, you're not a true Jets fan if you want them to lose. No, you want the best for the future of this team, and Trevor Lawrence was the best. And listen, I don't have any faith in the Jaguars beating the Bears, who are still in a playoff race, and beating the Colts, who are still fighting for the division in that last week of the season. So the Jaguars are going up against two teams that are still fighting for the playoffs. They are fighting for nothing. Now they're sitting back, coasting and relaxing in sunshiny Florida while we're sitting here freezing our freaking asses off and is walking through snow every day, hoping for Trevor Lawrence. You guys got him in your back pocket. You got a pool in the stadium. You're chilling in your bathing suit at beautiful temperatures while we're here getting a frostbite, hoping for Justin Fields or maybe the return of Sam Darnold. This is a frustrating day for Jets fans because you got to come out with some silver lining to a lost season, and Trevor Lawrence was that silver lining. Now you got people, delusional people saying, bring back Sam Darnold. I'm sorry. You saw enough from him, but you have to beg the question because Lawrence to field is such a big drop off. It sucks right now. I'm pissed off. And all Jets fans should be pissed off. Oh, you didn't go 0-16. Who cares? 1-15 is not that much better. I'd rather go 0-16 and have Trevor. What a disgrace. Happy Victory Monday, Jake. 
you play to win the game. You play to win the game. Herm Edwards is echoing in my head this morning. Oh, you and all the Jets fans are just miserable. It's just, you know, you knew this was coming, Jake. You knew. Not to the Rams. You knew. You're a Jets fan. You knew you weren't going to just coast to Trevor Lawrence and get this, oh, this generational quarterback was going to fall on your laps. Like, you're a Jets fan. That doesn't happen to the Jets. You guys have to earn this stuff. You know, you're going to have to suffer through another few years. Find someone else. You know, I've suffered my whole life. I've had enough suffering. Doctor. It builds character. It builds character, Jake. You guys have character. You know, <sighs> like what? Do you would you want rather root for the Patriots all these years and just get the all these Super Bowls? Like that doesn't teach you anything. I'm suffering sing- teaches I'm you. Single Jake. ball fat teaches. and the Jets just lost Trevor Lawrence. I mean, what else could go wrong? <laughs> and everything's closed. It's a pandemic. Help me, doctor. Well, you know, Gase won a game, Jake. Maybe, maybe he stays now. Maybe that, maybe they have to consider him staying. Hold on, I'm about to jump I, off the roof. Someone, Alex, you might have to co-host the rest of this one. Doctor, oh my! I goodness. kid, I kid. Adam Gase is going He's, to get fired. I was, I'm just trying to poke Jake. I don't want anyone to think I'm suggesting that Gase stays. But yeah, I mean, it was. Uh, you know, we talked all year, Jake. We talked since October, beginning of October. I feel like when can they win a game? You know, are they going to go in 16? And I think I've said to you many times. I've said it on. FAN when I've been on there, I've written it. I did think at some point they were going to catch a team who was riding high, who had won some games and overlooked the Jets, and they would catch them. I didn't think that team would be the Rams uh, because I thought the Rams were good enough that they could play a first half like they did yesterday and then recover and beat the Jets in the second half. I thought it'd be a team like the Raiders or the Dolphins, no offense, Alex, or the Browns, like one of these teams that hasn't won a lot of games and is winning this year, and maybe they would get caught. I never thought it'd be the Rams in LA, back-to-back West Coast trips. Like, that's tough to do. Uh, So a stunning result, Jake, and, you know, panic in Jets Nation this morning. You know, they're always interesting, Jake. They might not win, but they always keep it interesting. And then, of course, I got you and I got Alex, the Dolphins fan, smirking like a schoolgirl's TikTok video just went viral over here while I'm here, you know, ready to jump off the ledge. I mean, it is it makes it even harder to deal with. And you see all the people, you know, real. And, you know, I think Becton said they're not true fans if they want to lose. Listen, we want the best for the future. Makai Becton just got here. He hasn't been through the pain that we have been through. He hasn't been through the last decade of the team not making the playoffs once. And listen, I don't know when the next time they're going to make the playoffs is. This is a league where you need a great quarterback. You see all the good teams, they have good quarterbacks. I don't know what Justin Fields is. The stats tell me, you know, Trevor Lawrence has played more games, but the stats tell me that Trevor Lawrence is much better, and the tape shows us that Trevor Lawrence is much better. Listen, Justin Fields, 15 touchdowns, 5 picks, 1,500 yards. Trevor Lawrence, 22, 4, and 2,700 yards, and that's three more games. He's got seven rushing touchdowns. So he's got 29 total touchdowns versus 19 total for Fields. I know it's a few less games, but... You know, everyone tells us that this guy's the generational quarterback. No one's telling me Justin Fields is a generational quarterback. And listen, I think Sam Darnold has won, you know, manageable game. Let's say he managed the game well. He didn't make a big mistake. He, he played serviceable. You hope to see more of that from him if he were to be here. But, Kaz, you also have the decision of he's got one more year. Then he's getting a new contract. So it's essentially maybe do you have him one more year and then get rid of him? 
or do you get rid of him now? I just think you need a fresh start across the board. I don't think you could say, oh, Sam Darnold's played a couple good games. Give him an offensive line and receivers. We had him have his top three receivers, and he and he pooped the bed. He did nothing. So I don't really want to hear the, oh, he, he might be the guy with the right people. He needs a fresh start somewhere else. I don't think a couple of games and one win should change everyone's philosophies, and now you're all in on Sam Darnold. Yeah, I agree with you, Jake. I, I think it's time to move on from Sam. I, I don't think it's, oh, he played well yesterday. Keep him. I think it's more, <clears throat> the decision is is a little tougher between Sam and Justin Fields than it was between Sam and Trevor Lawrence, right? Like Trevor Lawrence is a no-brainer. Maybe you look at Sam and say we're better off with Sam than dra- drafting Justin Fields or Zach Wilson or one of these guys that you're not so sure about. I'll give you this glimmer of, of hope. The generational quarterback thing with Trevor Lawrence is kind of annoying. Generational quarterback is a, is a dumb term. What people are saying is he's a low risk prospect. You know, they're they're ninety percent sure he's going to be a good quarterback. You can't say that about a guy. So John Elway, Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck are the names that people use, and they're adding Trevor Lawrence to that. He's not generational because who got drafted with John Elway? Dan Marino, right? He's a pretty good quarterback too, right? Patrick Mahomes got drafted in two thousand seventeen. No one called him a generational quarterback. He's the best quarterback in the NFL. Last year, if we were sitting here doing this podcast right now, last year, talking about quarterbacks, we're talking about two names, Joe Burrow, and we're talking about Tua Tagovailoa. Both of them had had promising rookie years, but who's the rookie of the year, Jake? Justin Herbert, right? So this draft stuff is not science, and no one knows who, how good these guys are going to be. You know, we're in, a, we're in an environment now where there's mock draft after mock draft, and we're going to see a thousand of them between now and April. Mel Kuyper is on TV. Daniel Jeremiah is on TV. Todd McShay. These guys have made a nice living. No one looks at their batting average. So while I do think Trevor Long is going to be a very good player, there are other quarterbacks in this, in this draft who are going to be good football players. It's Joe Douglas's job and his scouting staff's job to figure it out and find those guys. And that, that's what you, if you're a Jets fan, that's what you're worried about or hopeful about, depending on where you where you lie, is can Joe Douglas do that and find a quarterback in this draft? Unfortunately, the Jets have a batting average below the Mendoza line in their in their history when it comes to drafts and everything else. They haven't had a ton of success, Kaz, but you're in such a tough position. We'll talk with Eric Coleman, too, about it later because the free agent class, and you look that route, is just it's slim pickings. Listen, I actually think Mitchell Trubisky might be better than Sam Darnold. I think Trubisky's playing a lot better this year. Jacoby Brissett, Jameis Winston, Ryan Fitzmagic is out there if, if they went that route for a year. And maybe, I, I don't know if any of those would make sense, but those are the veterans. It's it's not, it's a pretty slim pickings crop there, of cause. So, Really, it it might come down to Fields or Darnold at this point. I don't know if any of those veterans, maybe you bring one in for competition with the young guy. Maybe they start the season and hand the keys to whoever the new quarterback is. But I don't think there's any, you know, veteran out there. I don't think there's going to be anyone out for a trade out there. I mean, Phillip Rivers, I guess, will be a free agent, but I think the Colts might bring him back with how good he's been this year. That class of free agency quarterbacks, cause is not good. So it seems like it's it's Darnold or, or a rookie at this point. Yeah, those guys don't excite me, Jake. I'd probably stick with Sam in those cases. And if you're looking for a veteran to, you know, compete or, or mentor, if you're going to take a young quarterback, I think Joe Flacco has shown me enough this year when he's played that I would keep him around for another year and let him have that role rather than bringing one of these other guys that I don't know. And one one thing on Makai Becton, Jake, you raised the, you know, he said on SNY about your, what do you say? You're not a true fan. He's 21 years old. So like cut him some slack. Like I, I think as an, old, an older guy would have answered that question probably a little more tactfully. I don't think you can tell the fans how to, how to root 
Like I, I try not to do that myself. I, I fall into that trap sometimes, but you have to understand this guy's worked hard and he was happy after a win. And he probably said something you know, that, that fans aren't going to like, but he's a young guy and I understand where he's coming from with that. Well, Cause um, he's not used know, he, to a team rooting for them to lose. And he comes here and it's a completely different scenario. So to him, this is new. Uh, he also has zero years of legal drinking in him at age 21. So he hasn't really been through it yet in his life. Cause yeah. Yeah. You know, he's just like, he, sometimes you forget, how young these guys are he's very young and uh i like i like we asked that question to sam yesterday who sam's only 23 but he seems a lot older he answered the question a little more tactfully but i i, I wouldn't go crazy on makai right now the jets have ruined christmas they're not in the holiday spirit I'm, I'm getting coal from santa claus this year for christmas and uh that's it i'm probably gonna be alone or with my roommate this christmas so this is gonna be extra depressing i'll be locked into the nba but man Santa really gave us calling, but to see the Jaguars win one of these last two games, I don't know about you, I'd be stunned because Minshew hasn't really kept them competitive. They got, they got the doors handed to them by the Ravens. I don't know if they have any shot of winning these last two. We're really, really hoping for a true, true Christmas miracle if the Jaguars win one. Yeah, it's hard to see that, Jake, but stranger things have happened. We learned that yesterday, right? The yeah, crazy things happen that. in the NFL. <laughs> So, you know, we don't, you never know, Jake. You never know. Any given Sunday, as they say, Jake, that's where that saying comes from. So, yeah, it's hard to see it. But I'll say this. The Bears haven't been world beaters. I know they're playing better now, and Trubisky's played well. But Trubisky's up and down, and, you know, he could have a bad day on Sunday. You never know. And Gardner Minshew could find some magic and, and win the game. We'll see. I, if all of a sudden the Jaguars switch quarterbacks this week to back to, uh, who was it, Jake Luton or whoever they were playing earlier in the year, we'll know, we'll know they've decided that we're not winning these last two games no matter what. Frank Gore took down the Jets' hopes. Greg Williams, we miss you being a martyr for the Jets and being a martyr for the tank. Come back, Frank Bush. What have you done to the Jets' tank? You've ruined us, Frank Bush. No one knew who you were until about a week ago. And now... Greg Williams is, you know, Greg Williams is at home laughing. You got to know he is either at home or on a tropical island laughing his ass off that the Jets won a game. Or maybe he's mad that they won and he wasn't there. I mean, he's now not going to be a coach on two 0-16 teams, so I think he's happy about that. But, you know, he's laughing at this fan base. They're going to lose Trevor Lawrence. And listen, Joe Douglas's job just got a lot more difficult, man, because that there's still that position of trade the second pick or for an abundance of picks, that option's going to be out there. There's there's going to be the option of you do take someone else with the second pick and take a quarterback later. You mentioned it's not always the top guys are good. So he's got a lot of questions coming his way. And this is where Joe Douglas is going to have to really make a name for himself this offseason because he was handed the keys to a franchise quarterback. And those keys were stolen from him in Hollywood. It, it's a Hollywood script, really. This had to happen in Hollywood, guys. I mean, of all the people, Frank Gore, nice guy, cool guy, Hall of Famer. But goddamn, he had to he had to make a run and catch in a spot where they didn't need him. It's it's unreal. And just looking ahead to 2021, Jake, the Jacksonville Jaguars do play the New York Jets at MetLife Stadium next year. I, so you had that in the docket for a while, didn't you? <laughs> I'm hoping I'm hoping there will be fans in the stadium for that game, Jake. Oh, God. I'll buy I'll buy you a ticket. Please, I'll get don't. you there. You know, you you go get yourself a nice couple adult beverages. 
sit there and you can watch Trevor Lawrence go up oh and down the God. field against the Jets. I'll be too drunk by halftime to see what happens with the rest of the game. Oh my goodness, I can't believe that's actually happening. It's the Fields ver- if it's if it's Darnold versus Lawrence, I'm scared. I'm, I'm Fields versus Lawrence would be intriguing, but only fitting that they play them next year. I mean, of all the of all the times to play them, it's then oh the oh the pain in the words of Joe Beningo. Oh the pain. He's not around to react. So uh, I'm gonna need to cool down, and we'll cool down next with a guy who breaks down the Jets. That's everywhere is former Jet safety Eric Coleman right here on Gangs All Here. Joining us next is a former Jet safety that played four seasons with Gang Green from 2004 through 2007. Now you can't miss him where you find him as the co-host of Jets Late Night on CBS New York Channel 2. Sunday morning kickoff on Sirius XM NFL Radio. And you could catch him on the Jets, Jets social media channels hosting the pre and post games as well. It's a guy who's up early and at the gym because his arms clearly aren't big enough, apparently. They they uh, they marvel almost Thomas Jones a little bit. It's the great Eric Coleman joining us. Eric, good morning. Welcome to Gangs All Here. How are you? Hey, good morning. Good morning, Jake. Good morning, Cos. Hey, it's a funny story, though. When I started working out my arms is when Thomas Jones came to the Jets. I, I saw him in his uniform, and I walked up to his locker. I said, how do I get those? And so I started following him around as a young player. So blame Thomas Jones. All right, so now I need to compare my new swole arms to Eric Coleman arms. I do 35-pound dumbbell lifts. What, do you do, like, 85? Nice. It depends on what I'm doing. I, I, I try to... I, I try to keep it light, you know what I mean, do a lot of reps. I don't want to get all swole, and I don't want to be as big as, you know, I was when I played football anymore. I want to be, uh, you know, functional. Well, drop a number. What, what What's your dumbbell number? What's your bench press number? Well, I was just doing incline. I was just doing incline bench, uh, like, sets of 15. I had the 100. <laughs> some, some slight work here, Kaz. Kaz, I know you, you've you been in the gym getting swole, right? That's right. That's right, yeah. I'm lifting my cup for my drink of iced tea, Jake. That's, that's It weighs about six ounces. I'm drinking, drinking my cup with liquor, Eric, because the Jets have <laughs> have lost the tank for Trevor. They have fallen to the second pick. Um, you watch the game. You're breaking it down on the Jets' social media channels. How in the world did they just upset the Rams? <laughs> you know, it, it was, it was funny because, you know, I talked about it before the game, and it was, you know, if the Jets, you know, focus less on the Rams. Yeah, I know they have Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, all these great players on the other side of the ball. But if they just play a full game of, of, of complimentary football, if they, you know, don't make mistakes, don't beat yourself, play within yourself, then then they'll take care of their business. And, and that's exactly what they did. You know, Quinn and Williams in the defensive line set the tone early. And, and often, you know, Sam Darnold came down on the first drive. They punched it in behind Makai Beckton. And it was, you know, it was great to see. And as a player, you know, as a former player, you know, I'm proud of those guys. You know what I mean? I know how hard they worked. I know how much work they put in, how frustrating it must have been to, you know, to stay late, you know, get there early, work out in the weight room, study extra on the film room, and you're still 0-13. You know, it is very frustrating. But, you know, for them to put that together yesterday, you know, I know it messes up the tank. But, you know, if, if you're a player, if you're one of those coaches, you might not be there next year. So you're not really worried about the tank. You're trying to win. Being competitive is what got you to this level, being, a, you know, a fierce competitor. And, and that's what they did. They went out there and put it, put it down yesterday in Los Angeles, came out with the win. I know it's frustrating for you guys, but, hey, the hey, Jacksonville might put one together too and get, and get another win by the next two games. That's why, Eric, I, I was just telling Jake before we started, you know, he, he doesn't think the Jaguars can beat the Bears. And I said, I, I saw a team that was a 17-point underdog win yesterday. You, you never know in the NFL, but – 
I think you hit on an interesting point, Eric, because there's two – I've kind of divided. There's two universes here with the Jets this season, and it has been this way for a few months now. There's the fans that want the number one pick, want Trevor Lawrence, and then there's the team who obviously they were working to win a game, and they, they put in so much work. I don't think fans realize or appreciate these guys were working pretty hard to get this win. So it was good to see them get that, and you're right. I think the coaches there – I think some of them are relishing in this that the next guy's not going to get Trevor Lawrence now. You know, what was the most shocking part of the game for you, Eric? Well, you know, the, the, the shocking part was uh, the, the way that the Jets counted. You know, there was a there was a point in the game where I want to say it was Tyler Higby had a big play, and it's kind of like, oh, man, they may have, they may take the wind out of the Jets' sail. And they just kept fighting. They, they kept coming back, making big plays. I saw, you know, Marcus May made a couple of big plays. Um, you know, Quinton was all over the field before he got injured. Um, I mean, I even saw, you know, Bryce Hall had a great interception. Uh, it, it was just a contribution from everyone, and, and that was what it was great to see. The way they kept the Rams off balance by playing a fairly vanilla defense. They weren't doing, you know, a lot of exotic blitzes. They weren't doing all kinds of craziness. They were playing base defense, getting after them, and, uh, and it was enough to beat them. But Eric, does does Frank Gore got to be the guy to seal the deal? I mean, come on. Everyone says, nice, nice guy, Hall of Famer. Uh, we love Frank Gore off the field. Great locker room leader. His only catch of the game sealed the Jets' hopes. I mean, oh my goodness. It had to be Frank Gore. Couldn't it be like Denzel Mims or someone that's going to be on the team in a couple of years? Oh, that just frustrates me, Eric. It, it's weird oh, because you've been, you've been on, you know, a couple like teams that weren't great, but like, I know your mindset is winning, but you can understand right now the fr- fr- uh, the frustrations of people like me where a, a franchise quarterback only comes once so often, Eric. You know it. The Jets haven't had one in forever. I mean, you consider maybe Chad Pennington a franchise quarterback. They just don't find them. So when there's one that's out there and you lose them, it's frustrating, man. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I get it. You know, I understand the frustration and, you know, having a chance to get Trevor Lawrence. This guy has been slated as a number one draft pick since he came out of high school. You know what I mean? He just, you know, carries himself that way, plays that way. Uh, I mean, look what he did when when, Notre, when he played against Notre Dame. You know, they lose. Uh, he's out to COVID. They get their butts kicked by Notre Dame. He comes back and they just dominate. And, you know, he, he's just that kind of leader and, and that kind of a player. And, you know, if I'm a Jets fan, I mean, listen, there's two games left. You never know what's going to happen. Stranger things have happened. But there's a lot more things that the Jets need to address, you know, besides the quarterback position. Sam, you know, is, is you know, inconsistent and, you know, he's been injured. And, you know, I don't think that we've been able to give him a fair evaluation. I mean, look at, look at the tools around him. Look at the, the offensive line needs, needs a little bit of help. You know, on defense, there's, there's some spaces that need help. You need some more playmakers. There's a lot more things that the Jets need to address in the quarterback position. So, um, you know, uh, don't, get too, don't get too down in the dumps, Jake. You know, we're, we're going to be all right. I think Joe Douglas is going to do well in free agency. He has a ton of money to spend and a lot of draft picks. So this is why you bring in a Joe Douglas to your organization because of his his ability to evaluate players, to put a team together, and now he's really getting his opportunity. Eric, tell tell Jake, you play to win the oh, game. <laughs> you play to win the game. Yeah, Herman Edwards on the show now? What's going on here? Come on. <laughs> Uh, Eric, you raised you raised the point about Sam. Now the way this, if, if they end up with a number two pick, Trevor Lawrence was a sure thing. None of these other guys seem like a sure thing. Whether it's Justin Fields or uh, Wilson from BYU or Trey Lance at North Dakota State, these guys, you know, they they're, I think their first round quarterbacks are going to get taken, but they're not the sure thing that everyone believes Trevor Lawrence is. And I say everyone believes because they could be wrong. How do you evaluate taking one of those guys, Eric, versus sticking with Sam Darnold now and and seeing? 
you know, if you can build around Sam Darnold rather than uh, using the number two pick on a quarterback? Man, you know, cause man, that's a, that's a good question, um, and it's tough to evaluate. You know, you know, Justin Fields, everyone you know says that he's the the next best quarterback, but you know, is he going to be ready to to step into New York and and run the show? And is he going to be a difference maker? Uh, we don't know that. And you know, the 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 one thing that we can't do, I guess, as fans, is is worry about like a Patrick Mahomes type situation where you, you miss out on a Trey Lance and he ends up being Patrick Mahomes, you know, and, that, and that's one thing that that's tough to evaluate. It's going to be, uh, I'm sure they're going to spend hours trying to figure out, you know, should we draft a quarterback? Do we need another tackle? Do we need a guard? Do we need a corner? You know, is there, are there other pressing positions that we can spend this, this top pick on or do we, do we trade out of it and get more first round pick, accumulate a bunch of guys, but you know, it, it's tough. It's tough to evaluate these guys. I, I know Trevor Lawrence is head and shoulders above everyone. So that's kind of an easy, it's like a layup. Uh, you know, if you're, if you're evaluating guys, if you're drafting guys, but uh, you know, this is when your scouting department, uh, your coaching staff has to really dig in, dive into the film, evaluate these guys, and see, you know, who's the cream of the crop, who's the second best quarterback on that draft board. Does any veteran next year intrigue you at all? The the list is is pretty small, Eric, where we're talking to like Jacoby Brissett, Mitch Trubisky, Jameis Winston. Obviously, some Jets fans might have just vomited hearing that. But, I mean, in terms of <laughs> if you didn't go field and you think a veteran quarterback next year, do those names intrigue you or are you sticking with the younger quarterback route? I mean, I mean, in that scenario, why not just keep Sam Darnold? I don't, I don't think any of those guys are just that much better than Sam. And I hate to just sit up here and just continue to defend Sam, but I mean, he's been hurt, which you know, part of the part of the the great ability is availability. Uh, he hasn't been able to, to last through a season. Um, you know, he, his talent uh, around him. You look at the beginning of the season; there were a bunch of guys off the practice squad to get separation and route running. You know, he's never had that big playmaker. Uh, you know, the offensive line. You know, they're doing a great job now, but it took them a while to kind of come together and, and become a, a solid unit up there. So um, it, it's tough to evaluate a quarterback under those circumstances. And you know, you look at you know coaches that may come in, offensive coordinator that may come in, and, and look at um, you know look at. Um, Garoppolo. Look at Garoppolo, what Shanahan's doing with him when, when he was healthy. You know, got him to a Super Bowl. You know, an offensive coordinator, a great head coach can make all the difference in the world. If you can find the right fit for Stan Darnold, I think that he, you know, he has the athletic ability. He has the accuracy. You know, he's, he's the leader. He can do all these things uh, to be a good quarterback for your franchise. Yeah, I've, I have some doubts, Eric, about Sam, especially, you know, just after some of these games recently. And even I thought yesterday he played a really efficient game got the ball out of his hand quick, but he wasn't amazing or anything. Like, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't dazzling. So you hit on it. Like none of us know if Justin Fields is going to be any good or Zach Wilson or Trey Lance. It's Joe Douglas's job to know. And it's his job not to do the Mahomes thing that Mike McCagden did in 2017, where he didn't take Patrick Mahomes. Like I, you know, I wrote about that a few weeks ago and people were like, well, no one knew that Patrick Mahomes was going to be like this. Yeah. But it was Mike McCagden's job to know. So right now it's Joe Douglas's job to know whether these guys can do it. And speaking of Joe Douglas's draft picks, Makai Becton looked really good again yesterday. What's jumped out to you about Becton, Eric, in this first season? What stood out to you other than that he's a, a giant? Well, you know, I, I think that what's impressed me is, you know, his versatility. You know, being as big as he is and as young as he is, um, he's able to do everything fairly well. You know, you saw him down on the goal line run blocking against Aaron Donald. You know, he's, he's out there. Um, you know, pass protecting against some of the most athletic defensive ends in the league. You know, he's able to bend and flex and uh, get down with those lower guys. He's able to take on power, pancaking guys. 
you know, the, the versatility of Makai, the maturity. Um, I love his mindset. He's a guy who's one of the one of the better young left tackles in the NFL, but he still is, is humble. He still comes to work. He still wants to get better, knows that he has a lot to improve on. And, and that's just great to see. You know, great to see a guy who's in there that's hungry, uh, that's humble, and, and that's ready to just continue to get better and put in work. Eric, Black, the good thing is Black Monday is coming for Adam Gase. I think all Jets fans could rejoice over that. They got Christmas. They got Black Monday. They got a couple of changes, even if it's not Trevor Lawrence. Are there any coaches out there that – intrigue you for the Jets to target? I know you watch some college football too. Any guys in college, you know, maybe a Harbaugh, any guys at the NFL level, who, who are you looking at for the Jets to go after uh, when they do hire a new coach? Well, yeah, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a ton of guys and there's a lot of coordinators that are doing some great things. And, you know, I, I know that the NFL is a copycat league. So, you know, a lot of these young coaches, you know, these college coaches success coming to the next level. Uh, but, you know, you can't help but, but look at a guy like Eric Bieniemy and, and what he's been able to do in Kansas City for the years. You, you know, you look at Harbaugh, you know, he did great things in San Francisco. He struggled at Michigan. You know, he was great at Stanford. But uh, for some reason, at Michigan is just not catching on. But he still is a great coach and has a great program. You know, I, I don't know, um, you know, if one of the older heads, you know, like a, a Coach Cower, if he wants to come out of retirement and, and, and coach, you know, he, he's, you know, led some great Steelers teams. Um, you know, there, there are a lot of guys out there, uh, and, and it's, and it's going to be a tough decision, you know, because there's, there's so many coaches that, that qualify, you know, that, you know, do you take a chance on a young guy? Do you go out and get an established coach, uh, you know, somebody who's an offensive mastermind? I, I know we just went through that with, with Adam Gase, but it's a tough decision. But I, but I love the, the idea of Eric Bieniemy. He's always been one of those guys that I've watched and, and appreciated the way that he keeps defenses off balance. He puts his players in, in great one-on-one positions, and he puts them in position to thrive. What do you think, Eric, of Marvin Lewis? His name came up a few weeks ago. I think he's an intriguing debate because he had a lot of success in Cincinnati, a place where it's hard to win. They don't spend a lot of money. They don't have a lot of resources, yet he always lost when they got to the playoffs. So it's sort of like I don't think Jets fans would be thrilled if they went down the Marvin Lewis road, but he intrigues me. What do you think? Yeah, you know, Mar- Marvin Lewis is a, is a great man. He's a, a great developer of men. Uh, you know, much like, you know, like Herm Edwards, you know, where you're going to get a very good team, a tough team. Uh, they're not going to make a lot of mistakes. You know, yeah, in Cincinnati, it's tough to bring free agents in there. It's tough to get guys to – to commit to going to play for an organization that has a reputation for really not taking care of their players, you know, and, and that, that word travels. Uh, the Jets are in a different situation. You know, they, they have money to spend on, on free agency. They have beautiful facilities. You know, you're playing in New York. Uh, you know, it's, it's a great situation for a head coach and for a free agent, you know, wanting to join a team and, and help build a team. So, you know, it could be under some different circumstances, but I, I have a ton of respect for Marvin Lewis. You know, I think that he's one of the greats. Uh, he's a great man. You know, represents the league well, and I think he'd be a great head coach wherever he went. Eric, you mentioned Herman Edwards. You were coached by him and Eric Mangini. You know, Eric Mangini's like this fun, funny guy now. What I mean, he's changed since <laughs> since when he coached you guys and was Mister uh, Stern, right? Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny because you know he was so stern, but you would get you would get him, you know, off to the side, and he would crack jokes. You know, he would you know show his character, but you know, I, I think sometimes that you have to you know put on a persona to be a head coach and you know, show that you're in charge and, 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 you know, I'm sure it's very stressful too. He probably had a lot on his mind, but, you know, I've got a chance to, to hang with Eric, you know, at a couple of football camps where we were coaching some kids and, you know, he's a great guy, you know, he's a great football mind, um, you know, good person. I had my issues with him when, when I was a player with him, but, you know, we hashed those out, you know, he's a, 
I wish him nothing but the best. And, you know, it's great to see him breaking down uh, football, um, analyzing it, showing his personality. Because, listen, X and O's wise, he's probably the smartest coach I ever played for. Eric, we loved having you on, man. Uh, you can follow Eric on Twitter at Eric Coleman. Catch him on Jets Late Night, CBS New York, Sunday morning kickoff on Sirius XM NFL Radio, my old employer, Channel 88. And you can catch him uh, pre and post games on the Jets social media channels or YouTube channels as well. Eric, you'll catch me at your at your virtual uh, bar, drinking my pain away from the Jets <laughs> losing a quarterback. But uh, always good to chat with you, man. All right, thanks, brother. You guys, happy holidays to to you. That says adios to episode fifty-eight, the James Farrier edition of Gangs All Here, our Jets podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to Alex Camerata for helping me out producing the show. Subscribe to Gangs All Here on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever. You get podcasts. For Brian Costello, I'm Jake Brown. We return to your ears on Thursday to preview the Jets matchup with the Browns. Thanks for listening, and as always, stay safe. No one but Frank Gore!